What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Uh, welcome back to the Bob and Tom Show. We are worldwide on American Forces Radio and Coast to Coast on a bunch of great radio stations. We are uh, kind of fumbling with a bunch of electronic stuff in here. And um, here we go. Look at that smile. That's uh, Carmen Lynch. She's just been plugged in. Hi. Hi, Carmen. I'm How plugged are you? in. Yep. Ready to go. <laughs> um, also uh, plugged in, I think we have uh, the keyboard player, Troy Kinnett. Can you give me a tinkle on that, baby? Um, oh, okay. That's not Troy. Oh, oh look at that. Is. There we go. Give me another shot at that, Troy. I think. Uh, yep. Oh, that's nice. Oh, very nice. Thank you very much. Um, and then, let's see, that would be Chick McGee, your sports buddy. That's uh, the lovely Christy Lee with a broken foot. Hello, leg. everyone. And then, uh, let's see, somebody's smoking in the room. It's not Josh Arnold. <laughs> no. You're, you're no. not a smoker, are you? I'm not. No, no. It doesn't bother never, me. Never, never have. It doesn't bother can, me. Can you smell that? Yeah. That smells good. Really? Yeah. Smell, I it, like the smell. Smells, me too. Sm- last time I smelled <laughs> really? that, I was in yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah. See, I can't smell it at all. Oh yeah, I, I can smell it in Las Vegas when you walk in those casinos. Yeah, but you Ooh, forget, man. Even that even turns me off because <laughs> you can't like, smoke Oof. anywhere. John Mellencamp is here with us, having his uh, complimentary I cigarette. I smoked in the White House. That a, cigarettes, though, right? Yeah, not a Willie Nelson. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, I I smoked in the White House. Has yeah. anyone said no? You can't smoke here. Yes, and uh, the guy wanted me to sign to his record company. Mm-hmm. I walked in and I said, "You got an ashtray?" He goes, "Oh, you can't smoke in here." I go. I can't record it for you guys either. And got up and left. Oh, yeah, okay. Right. There you go. That was pretty much the long and short of that, <laughs> <laughs> of that meeting. All right. I mean, I'm not advocating that people smoke. Believe me, I wish I didn't. But uh-huh. since I do, I enjoy it. And it's going to cut my life short. I know it. But I'm going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Are you brand loyal? Yes. Same brand since you were a kid? No, no, no. Uh, after I had my heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you did a heart, a heart attack lights. Why did that ever make everyone laugh? <laughs> Not that we're laughing at you, Mr. Pooper. Uh, Cooper. Cooper, sorry. Cooper. Cooper. Oh, it's, I'm sorry. Are you okay? No, no I, he's no, not. We were calling him Johnny Cooper earlier this morning because we were hoping Roscoe came along That's today. Right. But Roscoe can't coffee, be here coffee, until coffee. the coffee gets here. No. Roscoe has... Uh, <laughs> did Roscoe, did <laughs> the cigarettes the take Roscoe out? No, Roscoe has left the building. He's in, <laughs> he is in prison. Oh, oh poor Roscoe. No. Yeah, he's in, he's he's spending time somewhere. But you a- know it's funny uh, cuz I I when we were doing that, I never thought about, you know, anybody listening. <laughs> The only you know, way that's to get the way I show. look at it, too, John. <laughs> yeah. You know, I never yeah. thought, and I remember uh, I was, uh, it was on, va- on vacation. Some, it was Christmas, I don't know how long ago you were here. But I can tell you because I was pregnant with my second child. Okay, so, so I, it wasn't me. I haven't seen you three years. years. I know, when you. It was like 15 years ago. You were, you were you know? calling in as the as the, the character, and um, oh, I was he, telling I was telling someone the other day how, how funny you were, and they they have this this image of as kind of a contemporary Woody Guthrie, which is true, but they just don't see Woody getting up on stage and hey, before I get to this next great song, I'm going to tell a couple quick jokes. Well, they weren't really jokes; it was just a character. You but know? It was good. It was like Funny. you know, uh, but, he, but he's in prison, so well, that's I'm not sad. getting out. 
Hmm. That's characters. Is that kind of a person you grew up with in your mind? Uh, yeah, a bunch of guys I know. But you know, when when, when you're on, she knows when you're on mm-hmm. tour, you meet all kind of people and you hear all kind of ridiculous things and. People just, they don't know what to say to you, so they just say something, anything. And it's sometimes I just, like, look at them like, what? <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I got a weird email yesterday that said, you're so funny, but I don't find women funny, so I'm thinking you are probably really a dude. <laughs> yes. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh. Well, right there's your first problem. <laughs> email. Oh, you don't email? No. No. I don't email. I don't do any of that. All I, I'll text and I'll use a telephone. Do you carry a cell phone of your own, or do you? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I do. I have kids, you know, and mm-hmm. I have a girlfriend, so uh, they need to get a hold on me to to want that stuff like money. <laughs> you want to take this one, Tom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been down that road. I usually answer the phone by going, "Now what?" <laughs> so it saves a lot of time. How much? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I thought you know once kids grew up that. That was it. No. No. What's this phrase? You're only as happy as your, what is it? You're only as happy as your happiest child. I don't know. Well, Christy, I've got sort of three flights of children. um, Mm -hmm. So the uh, the current ones are doing great. They're all, they're all doing. You have babies. I got a baby too. And that's fun. Yeah. She's a blast. She li- she loves to live. She's very happy to be around all the time. And I'm glad I'm past all that. I'm sorry. I don't. I I, 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 I like babies too. Well, you'll have grandkids soon. Soon. I don't know. I'm your kids are old enough. <laughs> what are you talking about? Soon. I've had grandkids since I was thirty. Oh, that's right. I forgot you have different flights of kids too. I yeah. Keep, yeah I, I have a forty five year old daughter. That's right. So Ah, the time has flown, hasn't it? Hmm. We're speaking, by the way, with John Mellencamp. I'm just kind of getting high on the tobacco smoke. Oh, you'll like it. Mm. You'll get used to it. It's kinda of good. No, I it really does smell good. What kind is that? Uh they don't have any chemicals in it. Mm. You know? So Organic. that's that's what I after I had my heart attack I I re- started reading up on cigarettes and it was just like you know not that any of them are healthy but now, can I I know that for example just to, you're friends with Willie Nelson he's a great gentleman I've met Willie in, on several occasions and the the story is that Willie apparently is going to come out with his own brand of marijuana which is great he already but, did yeah uh, and it's going to hit the retail market apparently in California when it becomes legal 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 mm-hmm. with uh, have you ever been approached about doing any kind of a product endorsement yeah, all the time, but I just say no. I, but what I mean, they, would it be electronic equipment or microphones or? I can't just, imagine what I would. I mean, like mayonnaise. What do they no. want you to endorse? I no. <laughs> all kind of. Stuff. I'm just. I mean, I, I'm just. That's curious. a bizarre pickle juice. No, I'm just saying. What would? Well, be you know, about 15 years ago, I did that car commercial, uh-huh. and man, did I get shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're on the radio, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, guess what? Um, we have, uh, <laughs> can you, oh, I've, I've, I have no idea what they're doing. Um, we have a Troy Kennedy in here, and we're going to do a tune in a few minutes. I know we have to do a little bit of adjusting of this of this and that. You've been, um, you were just on the uh, Today Show, was it yesterday? Day before yesterday. Yep. Yeah. This is, a, uh, what was your very first television appearance? Was it the famous Ed Grimley thing? No, 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 no. No, that was like 1982. I'd been making records since 75. Uh, what was the first show, t- television I show? I think the first television show I remember doing was on uh, Sarkis Tarzian. Oh, yeah. And it was a local morning talk show with some woman. That's all I remember. And I remember being 
like, you know, a child. With I was the, a child. Was, was, I was like 20 years old. Were you with the band? No, I was lip syncing. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what song? No. Hmm. No, but I remember being, looking and I mean, he remembered it at the time, Christy. He wasn't. Well, of course he remembered it. He wasn't it at doing the, the words to hurt so good. <laughs> <laughs> with. Do we have to fight in front of company? <laughs> we have been fighting all Can day. Can we all get along? Okay, no. sorry. For sorry. 20 seconds? <clears throat> when did I become the voice of reason? How does that happen? I'm sorry. Oh, here no, we that go. That is terrible. We have the decaf know, right? here, so this will. We have uh, some fresh decaf from Mr. Mellencamp. Uh, John Mellencamp has a great new album out there. Do you mind if I, uh, John, can't even? Doesn't have headphones on. I'm just playing, just a taste. Listen to this intro. Oh, that it's is nice. nice. Yeah. Those guitars are awesome. God, I just love that. that right away, great. it just grabs you. It's so cool. It's a shame you can't hear it, John. Uh, it, yeah. It really sounded uh, good. You'd like it a lot. Right <laughs> it's okay. We'll come back and John will sing something if we get this these things plugged in. This is the Bob and Tom Show. This is the Bob and Tom Show. We are coming to you live from the Napa Auto Parts studios. Thanks very much for joining us. It's a special day. We have a, a little bit of smoke in the room, which I'm, I'm kind of liking. It reminds me of the old days. Oh, yeah. Remember when we used to have fun? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's because uh, John Mellencamp is here with us, and uh, along with uh, Carmen Lynch. You're, you're Hi, le- I'm testing the mic. It's working. Yeah, there oh, you good. go. That sounds good. You're love leaning that. over and taking mm-hmm. in the smoke? Yeah, I love secondhand smoke. It's remind my favorite. Reminds you of your mom, you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, she smoked before she got pregnant with me, and then she stopped. Mm-hmm. But, um, you ruined her fun. I... <laughs> but that goes against, the, because you're six feet tall. I know. I should have smoked if I wanted Wait, to be you're short. you six foot tall? But, yeah, I'm six feet tall. Stand yeah. up. Oh, there we blue. go. <gasps> <laughs> you are six foot tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. she's a tall, tall gal. And uh, we have in the studio a keyboard player, Troy Kinnett, longtime friend of the show. And uh, Troy is currently wearing the, um, what is the name of the harmonica shoulder <laughs> holster thing? It's, the Iron Maiden. It's such an odd <laughs> <laughs> you, you never saw the thing where David Letterman had a piece of corn on the cob put on one of those? <laughs> Kind of made famous by Bob Dylan and Neil Young, but um, this gives you the hands-free use of the harmonica. John Mellencamp is here with us, and John, thanks for coming in. And a wonderful new uh, collection of songs and a great uh, cover painting. Uh, John's new album, um, Sad Clowns and Hillbillies. How long has it been since I've been up here? Long time. Years. You've been. You were here just a few years ago. Um, uh, Pop that mic up. I can't hear you. I said, how long has it been since I've been here? Oh, a long time. No, no, it's just been a few years. Yeah. No need to uh, I don't know. pick an actual date. I have no idea. Time is just relative, isn't it? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know about all that. Are you, smoking, are you smoking pot over there? No, 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 I don't do that. John, you produced your new, your new project. You're going to be going out this summer on a tour. Yeah. Uh, it's a, an, a record that I made uh, with Carlene Carter and... Uh, uh, Carlene and I met, uh, I did the soundtrack for uh, a movie that Meg made called Ithaca, and I had a couple songs that uh, I needed uh, someone to sing, so I got Carlene to come and sing it. And then Steve King and I uh, were working on, had a musical that was traveling around the country, so Carlene had a part in that. So I got to know Carlene pretty well, and then... uh, uh, I just asked her to come on tour with us and I'll open up. And then uh, while we were on tour, we did 130 shows together. And then I walked off stage one night and I just said, hey, Carlin, let's go make a record together. And she said, okay. <laughs> and uh, so 
you know, and we've been kind of musical friends ever since. So this tour that's coming up is Carlene will come out and play with a couple of local girls. Oh, uh, Lillian, um, Madeline. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're great. They're going to sing with Carlene and mm-hmm. then uh, Amy Lou Harris will come out and play and then I'll come out and play. All right. And then hopefully at the end we'll all come out and play together. Oh, that'll be great. That'll be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be good. And um, the new, uh, in the world we live in, the the album is almost a lost thing. Oh, I think this will be the last time that I'll, when I make a record again, uh, it'll, there won't be any physical copy of it anymore. I mean, I was just with uh, Monty Lippman, the guy that owns the record company. He said this will probably be the last physical record that you'll, you'll have to make. Man, yeah. that's kind of sad. That's crazy, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, who knew? But uh, the the uh, the art is still out there. The music is still out there. Now, when we talk about your fan base, this is an odd uh, <clears throat> change of. Uh, what country are you the most well known in, other than the United States? My house. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the country. That's a country, man. We have our own laws. <laughs> You've seceded. How do the police feel about that? The, I am the police. Okay, good to know. Also, oh, they feel just fine about it. Yeah, yeah. The, the police yeah. like it, and uh, let me see. Uh, I'm the only guy there, so I get along with everybody. <laughs> have you ever gone to some foreign country and you're, you're getting off the plane, some record guy comes up and goes, "By the way, this particular song was a huge hit here," and you're going, "I, I, I didn't. That's what was that one? I don't remember mm-hmm. that." No, the first time that I had a hit record was 1977 in Australia, and I couldn't even, you know, uh, at the time, uh, I couldn't even like fill up the Vogue, mm-hmm. you know. Old but I went down to Australia. I went down to Sydney, and when we landed, there was all these kids, you know, like the Beatles were showing up. And I said, what is all this? And they go, you. I go, me? What are all <laughs> these people doing here? But, you know, it was 1977, and music was very important to people at the time. Even though the song was a silly, you know, juvenile song that was a hit, um, it was still surprising. That was the first time that, that I had ever experienced, you know. Had that. to feel pretty cool. At the time, at 23, yeah, I was like, yeah, this is cool. That's what we did this for, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the sex and drugs and rock and roll part. Or, yeah. Or hoping. Uh, John Mellencamp is our guest, and uh, Troy Cannon over there. Do you want? You guys want to play one? Do you have the? What is that? Do you have the? Uh, you ready? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want us to play, okay. we'll play. What's the grand view? You ready? Somebody count four. One, two, three, four. <laughs> That's not how you do it. Oh. <laughs> ah! Wait, one. That was a, a little two, fast. Oh, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> an old country boy wearing my Oshkosh boots walk by the trailer factory every day on my way to school early on in life the only thing I won't do was buy me a trailer and move it down to Grandview I got out of high school Got on a whirlpool Bought me a car, two guitars and everything Me and Patty fall in love Before the summer was through I started thinking about trailers And highlights and Grandview It was a scorching summer night We just left the dairy bar 
Sitting on Ridge and Road in the front seat of my car. I said, Patty, if you marry me, babe, I'll take good care of you. I'll get a brand new trailer and move it down to Grandview. She said, your wedding song, well, it sounds real nice. And I can sure get off on sleeping with you at night. But if you want me, baby, I'll tell you what you gotta do. I want a brick home like my mother's and I'm not moving into Grandview. Well, it's been a lot of years, a lot of debt, a lot of pain. Youngest baby's moving out when she gets married next spring. When the bash is over, tell you what I'm gonna do. I got my trailer picked out. Gonna move it down to Grandview. I got this 28 by 70, double wide. We can slide it on in there, honey. And chalk those wheels real good. I want it setting nice and level. And don't get no mud on my front porch. Cause the son of a bitch is brand spanking new, baby. So stick it into Grandview. Stick it into Grandview. Slide it on in there, honey. Stick it into Grandview. Right. Yeah. John Mellencamp, live in the studios. I'm jealous. 28 by 70. I grew up in a 14 by 70. That's twice the size. That's I know. nice. He had, he had high hopes, didn't he? Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> he, I, he had, had high, high hopes. hopes too. That's beautiful. Uh, mm. I, I, if if you don't mind, I'm just going to play it just a little taste of the uh, of the the album version, just a little bit, so people can get a feel for what's coming. That was that's a terrific Wonderful. song, and uh, this arrangement is so great. Oh, that's the kind of the, the guitars. Yeah. Tasty. Mm. <laughs> they're they're great. <laughs> Not that your guitar playing is inferior, Mr. Mellencamp. I <laughs> certainly enjoyed the, uh, this, uh, the nice feel. I've got a, uh, I, I, I am like Woody Guthrie <laughs> in that fact that uh, he his guitar sounded like he had barbed wire for strings, and that's the way I play. No, it's great. No, that's Oh, a, it sounded a, great. A, a beautiful version of it. The, the, I think the radio will love the other one. Um, while you light up, I, I am really enjoying this smoke. Could we mm-hmm. have you come in more often? Yeah. <laughs> Coming right back with John Mellencamp. This is the Bob and Tom Show. Yeah, Tom Show, that music you hear is uh, from our in-studio guest. It's John Mellencamp. His new project, it is what they call an album. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is the song you just played. This is um, the studio version from Sad Clowns and Hillbillies. It's called Grandview. John is sitting in the studio with us. Enjoying a cigarette, and we are enjoying. I really, I'm, I miss secondhand smoke. Maybe someone should make a candle. Mm. Oh, I'm sure they do. Like a secondhand smoke uh, candle, I'm you could sure put. Sure, they in do, Tom. Yeah. Um, uh, John, it's good to see you again. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, I have a. 
if if you were a football player, I'd ask you what's the best movie about about football. Is, is there a good movie about being in your position as a musician? Is there a is there a movie that when you were a kid you liked or you like now that sort of tells the story of what it's like to be a musician? Not really. I've seen some. Uh... You know, I've seen some interesting documentaries like Don't Look Back was a good documentary on, you know, Dylan touring uh, Europe in 65 or whatever. But, you know, the further we get away from the original, the worse it gets. I mean, you know, you, I, I see a lot of stuff that just reminds me. Remember the thing behind the music? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was always it was always the same story. You know, we got together, then we became drug addicts, and then we got started fighting, and then we broke up. We I lost mean, it all. And we lost yeah. it all. Yeah. And now we're going to reunite for the Happy Together Tour. I mean, that's with, with five other bands just like us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John, you've, uh, your new album, do you, um, do you have any good stories about writing any of the songs? Is there any, was there any uh, moments where you were... Well, writing for me has like really become... Uh, you know, when I first started out as a kid, uh, you know, when I got my first record deal, I didn't even own a guitar. Because I went to New York to be a painter. I wanted to get in the art student league and, uh, and you know, you had to pay money to do that. And I was also singing in local bands around here and we had a demo of the local band and I dropped it off at a couple record companies and some management agencies. <clears throat> and it turned out that, uh, the art student league wanted money, but the record companies were paying money. And back then they were handing out record deals to young guys like, you know, like a cigarette tree. And uh, so uh, I, I started making records strictly by accident. Uh, and uh, back then, I didn't know how to write songs. I mean, I grew up writing songs in public. That's why my first, you know. <laughs> so anyway. uh but then all of a sudden something happened, and and I became a conduit for uh, you know a muse. And now when I write songs, it's like uh, they just come to me in full form. And like there's a song on the new record called uh, uh, "Easy Targets," and uh, I remember writing that song because it was just such a, a, a you know a typical way. Of, I was painting. I'm a painter, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was painting, and my, this voice goes, hey, you need to put down the paintbrush and write this song. And it's like, no, I don't want to. I'm painting. And then, uh, so I kept painting. The voice goes, hey, silly, you better write this song down. So I just picked up my phone, and I sang the song in full, lyric, melody, the whole thing into my phone. Then I set my phone down and went back to paint. took five minutes, maybe. Then I found the song like five or six days later, and I go, when did I write that? Because <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> I'm going to record that. <laughs> Wow, it's like the famous story of Keith Richards and the dun dun da da da. Yeah, he was on a tape recorder. Me remember doing it on an airplane. Wow. Yeah, so I do mean, you always hear the music, or do you just write the lyrics no, no, and no, then no, the music no. when comes? You're, when you're a kid, you know, when we were back in in the '70s and and the '80s, it was hard. You yeah. Know, because there was all of this, you know. Uh, I don't know what you know unless you just come out of the womb, like Elvis Costello, being able to write songs. Uh, or, you know, there's a couple other guys that have been that way. Uh, like, I talked to Dylan about it, and he, he didn't know how to write songs when he first started. I said, when you went to New York, Bob, what was your plan? He said, he started laughing. He goes, I have a plan. Can I play 12 songs? <laughs> you know, he said, I went to New York, and I learned other people's songs, and I started writing my own songs. And so his story, 
course, he 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 did a lot better than me. But uh, you know, he 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 learned how to write songs in public. I learned how to write songs in but public. Like, real, if, if I could interrupt for a second, you you when you were in like local bands, what songs were you covering? Dylan kind of came up, you know, worshiping Woody Guthrie, and you guys have kind of now you're both, I think, in, have inherited the Woody Guthrie tradition certainly and are keeping it alive but w- uh, what kind of songs were you playing oh, were no, you I was, pop songs I, I, yeah i was playing in bar bands and we were doing you know stuff like uh uh couldn't i just tell you the way that i feel could i keep it bottled up inside wow you know or take it care of business really every day bto yeah, BTO. Yeah, yeah so you know we were playing in bars and fraternities and sororities, and that's what those, you know, that's what people wanted to hear, and they were popular songs at the moment. Which ones Saturday did you like? Nights, all right for fighting. You know, I can remember really? playing all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what was your? Do you remember any of the favorites you had? Do you <clears throat> favorite what? favorites of those cover songs? Uh, yeah, I always liked doing "Search and Destroy" by uh, Iggy Pop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last time we talked to Iggy, we had to hit that button a lot. Um, uh, the one that stops everything from happening. I know when you are you going to be doing any cover songs in your tour this summer? Uh, yeah, I'm probably do uh, uh, a Johnson song called uh, what's the name of that song, Troy? Johnson. Rob, Robert Johnson. Uh, yeah, Stones of My Past. Stones of My Past. Well, I'll probably end up doing Stones of My Past well, by Robert uh, Johnson. Uh, uh, I your cover of Wild Nights is one of my favorite songs. Well, that, see, that was a total accident. That and um, the the beautiful woman, uh, I think she sings. Michelle Ande Coachella. God, mm-hmm. that, yeah. Well, how did that happen? That is such a great. Uh, well, that that whole thing was a mistake. She had never heard the song "Wild Night," and uh, I was playing it on the guitar, and somebody else in the band jumped in, and she's a bass player, and then she just started going do 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 and playing this real crazy bass part, and so I just looked in at the engineer and I went. You know, roll it, it, roll it, you know, and, and, and he did. And so that was it, you know, we cut it and that was it. Nobody, there was nobody singing or anything. And as we're mixing the album, uh, the engineer goes, have you listened to you guys playing wild night since you did it? And I said, no, I said, you might want to listen to that. So I listened to it, and and we had a really nice groove going. So we had to call her up and say, "Hey, you got to come back to Indiana because you got to sing on this record." And it was like, "What's what record?" <laughs> I thought I sang on everything I was going to sing on, and I said no. And so she came back, and we duetted that song, and it went to number one. It was a number one record, and uh, Van Morrison was such a good guy that he never thanked me, never said you know f you or anything, you know. So I made him more money than he made on the song. And <laughs> Different matter. No, no. I hear he's a. I hear he's. I'm a curmudgeon, as you can tell. Uh, and but I hear he out curmudgeons me. Yeah, I'd, we were talking to we, we were talking to Bob Seger, who in his famous live album mentions Van Morrison as his main man. Oh, listen, musically, and, I love Van Morrison. And, oh no, and but I so I, we were talking to Mr. Seeger, and I said I assumed he must have met him because he does two covers in that one album. Right. Because, uh, uh-uh, I never met the guy. Because <laughs> and yeah, his music's amazing. It's, yeah, he, it's, his music. He, he's a, I think he's like you know, uh, he pretty much South England, and I I don't know everybody that knows him just kind of goes back off. Yeah, uh, and they could pretty much say the same thing about me too. So. I understand. You know. By the way, we are. Do you speaking like that, John Mellencamp? I I don't like it, but it's just what happened. You know, it's what happened. 
I would, you know, I, I've I always stood up for myself. I've always had an opinion and I've never liked to be pushed around, you know, cause listen, I got pushed around early. Johnny Cougar was a big push around. <laughs> and, and once that happened, it was like, nobody's ever going to do that to me again. I have heard from people that have known you forever. They've said it this way. This may come out wrong, and I apologize in oh, advance. They, say, <laughs> they always say, look, John doesn't act this way because he's a rock star. He has always been this way. They've, I've no, I know guys that have known you since you were a kid. Yeah, it, it, this has nothing to do with being, you know. Yeah, but, not but, being but, famous or uh, being, having success with songs. You know, I've always been kind of. Uh, headstrong. Yeah, and I've got a son spec that is just like. No wonder my parents hated me. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I got a son, Speck, that is like, he, he's me to the T, and it's just like, Speck, you just got to quit doing this stuff. <laughs> he's always fighting somebody. He's, you know, he's not happy unless he's got a, an argument with somebody or, you know, going to kick some guy. I'm going to kick that guy. I hate that guy. I'm going to kick that guy's ass. Speck, one of these days, somebody's going to pull out a gun and shoot you. You know that, right? This is not like when I grew up, you know, where, you know. Guys use fists. I mean, you know, people use weapons on you. I don't care about that. I call him out and I go, hey, Speck, how you doing? I'm doing fine, Dad. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for calling. <laughs> Sonny Morton. Would you stop worrying about me? God damn it. I don't take care of myself. John Mellencamp is our guest, and um, he's going to be going out uh, on, a, on a big tour. We're looking forward to that uh, this summer. And uh, what's the longest break you've taken? In your life, once you became sort of a rock star, if you will. I quit twice. Uh, I didn't tell anybody, but uh, 1988, I'd had it. I'd seen through it. I was tired of being on the beer and circus tour, you know, which is the sheds. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to these sheds and it was just a lineup, you know, it'd be like me one night, Sting the next night and Bob Seger the next night. And I just, I just, I don't like playing in front of drunk people. And I don't like watching guys getting fist fights and throwing up and smacking their girlfriend. See, I've seen all of that stuff from stage. I just don't like it. So I, uh, in 88, I wrote a song called Pop Singer. Mm-hmm. Never wanted to be no pop singer, never wanted to write no pop songs. And everybody hated me for that because, you know, you're biting the hand that feeds you and all this bull. But it was how I felt, so that's, that's what I wrote. And so for three years, I didn't play. So then I decided to go back out and start playing again. <clears throat> and then I had a heart attack. And uh, so then there was three more years I took off. But th- having that heart attack was great because I was uh, I was married to Elaine and we had two little boys and we were able to spend, uh, you know, three and a half, almost four years. We didn't leave the house. We even had TV shows we watched. It was really nice to be a normal person and not be, uh, you know, to be uh, just like you, just like ev- like the people listening. We were just people. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to being, you know, uh, some kind of monkey on a string, which is, you know, I have a girlfriend who told me that yesterday she was somewhere and somebody asked to take her picture and and she told him no. And a guy got offended and she just went, no, thank you. And it was like, what do you mean? No, thank you. Because we live in this world of selfies, you know, which is like, because it's not really about me or you getting our picture taken. It's about them. I had my picture taken with so-and-so. Click. I, you know, and it's like, it, it's so it's like the, the upside down friends. You don't yeah. really have that many Facebook friends. Those, those, they're not going to show up at your funeral. Yeah, that's uh, exactly. And you know, who, who wants to know what I hate anyway? 
I mean, I don't even like people to know where I'm at. You have a lot in common with me. I, I, my goal is to be invisible. Yeah. But I mean, no one's going to come see John Mellencamp at the band. Oh, by the way, John doesn't want you to know where he is. <laughs> He's not on the stage. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. I don't. What, what, is, what is it all? The only thing I do is text to my kids and to business people and other than that, that's it. Uh, again, I, I can remember um, one of the things I like is when you go to a, sometimes you'll go to a concert and you can tell the person on stage really wants to be there. I remember the last time I saw Tom Petty, it was very clear that he and the band were having the best time ever. They were really pl- and they're playing, of course, brilliantly, but they were having so much fun. And I can remember uh, seeing you live and realizing that you guys were telling some jokes back and forth, and but when the music was starting, you were grinning ear to ear and really enjoying it. Well, you know, so I got to tell you, I get paid not for going on stage. I would play for free. I get paid for leaving home. Oh. You know, I get paid for, like, getting on a plane, staying in a hotel. That's what I'm getting paid for. The time that I'm on stage, I would have do that for free in the girls. I mean, you know, it's that's how it started. I wasn't making any money when I was playing in those local rock bands. We just did it because we loved it. Do you remember the names of any of them, by the way? Oh, yeah, they were great. <laughs> Can I, would you mind sharing any of them with uh, us? Are you talking would... about the girls? No, 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 the rock bands. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought That's you were asking. Sorry. Okay. Don't tell them the girls' names, John. <laughs> don't, don't you dare okay, well, that back at me. <laughs> I won't, but I remember one from Indianapolis. Her name was Christy. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> No, sorry. I, meant to I thought that you. was just between us. Look well, at her. Listen, there's a 20-year cutoff ah. of, of, of being a, a, a 20 year, is over. Yeah, that's right. All a 20-year right. cutoff of being a gentleman. Me, Have you name. met Ava? She's 18. Oh. Uh, I'm not Donald Trump. I'm kidding. <laughs> the name of the bands. What were they? Do you remember any of them? Yeah, I was in a band called The Crepe Soul. I was in a band. The, wait, was, the Crepe? Yeah, there's a funny story that went with it. Oh, like Desert Boots that have the crepe yeah, soul Yeah, have the crepe soul. Oh, yeah, it, I got it. it. It was like wow. a soul band, and we had like three names. I can't remember what it was. And we were in a rehearsal room that had a hardwood floor, and we said we couldn't decide on the name. I was 14. <laughs> I was 14. So we flipped a coin, and, and if we would be the crepe soul if the, if the dime landed on its side. And we flipped it, and it rolled around and got caught in a groove in the wood, and it landed on the side. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so it was destined that we're the crepe soul. I mean, because yeah. let's say I, we couldn't have done that again in a million years. <laughs> and I was in a band called Snake Pit Banana Barn for a little bit, then they kicked me out. Uh, and I was in a band. The one that I was in the longest was a band called the Mason Brothers. You remember Asher Ben Ruby? Sure. sure. Absolutely. I just saw him. Uh, I remember playing at a fraternity house in Bloomington, and Asher was playing, uh, what was the name of his, Pure Funk? Pure yeah. Funk, yep. <laughs> they were playing next door to me, and I kept I kept hearing him go, well, I bet you people are happy that you're over here listening to uh, Pure Funk instead of listening to the Mason Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were there actually Mason Brothers in the band? No. I don't even know that name. The, the band weird. was, what, what happened, that band was well established and worked every weekend. And there was an interchangeable amount of guys in that band. And finally, uh, me and a guy uh, uh, named Dave and uh, my old guitar player, Larry Crane, and there was four of us. And uh, we, 
occupied that space for a couple of years, and, and then I got a record deal. And you could have been Johnny Mason. No, I, I know. Listen, <laughs> I I I realized early on that I was not going to be part of a band. You know, this we're going to vote on stuff now. <laughs> No. <laughs> We're not voting on stuff. He has his I, own I, country. I, I, He's not going to be able to. I, I noticed your wonderful, your wonderful ask, keyboard player. Troy, 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 what do I say to the band about? There's only room for one. You can say one it. singer. No, one. <laughs> one. No, yeah, we oh. know that. Yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I've looked at the band for years, and I said, "Look, guys, here's the here's the here deal. Here we go. Get ready. Get ready to push the button. <laughs> the button. The button." Go ahead. I'll find a button. Uh, <laughs> we got to take a break. Could we come back with what you're going to Okay. <laughs> We're coming right back with... Uh, John. Can we do one more song before you leave? Do you feel like doing one more? Or maybe? Yeah, yeah. Good. Okay, good. John Mellencamp's our guest. This is the Bob and Tom Show. This is the Bob and Tom Show. Let me see. Where are we? We are in the Napa Auto Parts studios, and uh, our guest is uh, comedian Carmen Lynch. And the musician John Mellencamp. And I think we're going to get a song out of John in just a second. All right. A couple of uh, things we have to take care of. Um, first off, uh, Christy Lee. Yes, sir. How's the foot? Fine. Christy's in a cast with a broken leg. That's the Being most... chased by a man in Italy. Yeah, So um, if you don't want to drive somewhere, you know how you Ciao can get bella. there, don't you? Uber? Uber? You call the Uber, don't I you? There you Uber, go. Yes. Get right your side you. hustle on. Drive with Uber. That's what Esther did. I just been yep. handed her story. She spends quality time with her family now. Still earns some extra cash by driving with Uber. When No one's coming and tell her when to work. She can do it whenever she wants because that's how it works. Take the day off, Esther. It's okay with us. Turn on the app when you want to work. Turn it off when you don't. Our favorite part is Uber's instant pay. You can get paid five times a day. That'd be nice, Christy. Mm, yeah, it would. Like a button, you'd get your paycheck. Oh, you don't have to wait <laughs> yes. for two weeks or yeah. whatever. There you go. I spend quality time with your family. Do what you want to do. Do it your way. Like Just like Esther, drive with Uber. Go to uber.com slash drive now. Every day can be payday. That's uber.com slash drive now. Let's get back to the action. Yeah. She's six feet tall. She's Hi. gorgeous. Oh, it's thanks. Carmen Lynch, mm. and she speaks at least two languages. Two, yeah. Hola. That's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. John Mellencamp uh, is here with us along with uh, Troy Kinnett on the uh, keyboards over there. You guys going to do one more, too? Wait a minute. I speak two languages. I speak, <laughs> I speak jive. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, nice. The movie Airplane, ladies and gentlemen. And now here's John Mellencamp with the song aside. <laughs> I speak jive. Oh, God, that's such a great album. What do we got? Okay. We're going to do a song called, that song I talked about earlier, uh, Easy Targets. Great. Oh, great. Good. Yeah. Oh, I gotta put headphones on. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. One, two, three, four. Here we go. All right. (laughs) Here's an easy target. With just one quiet pop. Shot to hell anyway, no reason to stop. The streets and the gutters and the cotton fields in this land Here's an easy target with a trigger in your hand So, uh, Black Lives Matter, who you trying to kill? Is an easy target, never matter, they never did. Crosses burning such a long time ago. 400 years, and we still won't 
let it go So uh, let the poor be damned The easy targets do All are created equal Equally beneath me new Children crying under a timekeeping sun The war on easy targets We won't ever get this done Sucker town, baby, just me and you. Behind the bars to keep each other apart. Easy targets, a country's broken heart. A country's broken heart. Hit on the keyboards. John Mellencamp, one of the songs from John's new project. Thank you very much. This is the Bob and Tom Show. Hi, it's 1001 at Q95. It's the Bob and Tom Show after party. And it's a big party special, today. Special edition. It's literally, we're smoking today. Uh, yeah. The after party with John Mellencamp. Once again, we're reliving old times when the atmosphere smelled like someone else's cigarettes. I kind of like it. It's Back in the day when you and Bob both smoked. Yeah. In the I remember those days. <laughs> that never happened. We have oh. a, a weather forecast. Uh, wait a minute. I, yeah. I, I remember that. <laughs> yep. Q95 weather, uh, your favorite friend right now is your sump pump. Rain, windy, and a high of 55. Rain overnight, low 40. Rain early on Saturday. Variable cloudiness later in the day, 58. Plenty of sunshine on Sunday. High 60. And weather brought to you by McDonald's. What are the weird things about the thing about some of the old times? I remember we did a show once from the shack, and John and the band were there. And during one of the breaks... John Mellencamp, by the way, is our guest. Yes. John, John rushed over to Mark Patrick, who was at, at the time hosting the most popular lottery show in the country. Yeah. John rushed over there and wanted to get a bunch of information from Mark because a member of your family was a huge fan of the lottery show. Do you remember that? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I remember. Do. Uh, what was that name again? Mark Patrick? Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I don't know who it is. Oh, it was, it was no so, it was it. really funny. You were, I, I think maybe your mom was a big fan of that show and you wanted to know about some. Remember, they used because they used to do a very elaborate show. Yeah. Yeah. With about the Hoosier lottery that mm-hmm. they stopped doing, I guess, a long oh, time yeah. ago. Weren't they supposed to do something special with that money? Like, Get, put it back in the community. I just wish they'd pave the road near my house. <laughs> or the one out well, here. Well, out here would be good. Good start. <laughs> they're paving 37. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, sure paving, they're paving the hell out of 37. Did you hear the story we had last year? There was a road in Canada that they had been fixing for like 40 years, and they finally had a huge celebration. Well, isn't the Chicago Skyway under perpetual construction, right? Could be. Could be. Well, the, the, uh, the bridge from... Detroit to uh, what's that town out across the Windsor? Yeah, to Windsor. Yeah, 
it's been falling down, but it's it's owned by a private individual, and they've they've been trying to build uh, United States and Canada have been trying to come to some kind of conclusion on on on, on having their own bridge so that it's not owned by an individual. <laughs> yeah. that's welcome falling to, welcome down. Welcome to Dave's Bridge. Yeah, some, yeah. some damn guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's weird. Our guest is John Mellencamp. John, is, do you know when you're going to be playing? The, are you going to, are you playing indoor outdoor what is your schedule this, this is summer? the first time i've played outside in 15 years i mean i i did a tour with dylan uh and we played some ballparks me willie and bob uh but i i don't like playing outside but i'm they talked me into it took, took him 7 years and i said okay i'll play some shows outside i just don't like playing outside doesn't sound good you know the audience of all, of all of the venues People I have talked to across the country have always said that sonically, what used to be called Deer Creek and is now the Clips Music Center, sonically is one of the very best. They also and they also say that for you guys backstage, I guess the load in is easy, the load out is easy. There's big. I don't know about I don't know about such things. I just show up and sing. That's really. I mean, Troy, I tell you, I mean, we've got this down so much that I, I can go to a to a town or a country, and take just like 25 steps on the ground in that country, you know, because I'll get off the plane, get in a car, go to the hotel, so on, and then to my Airstream, to the stage, back, and, you know, 40 steps, and that's how much time I was in Belgium, you know. Do you, let me ask you this, uh, uh, Troy, is that mic on over there? Yeah. Do you sometimes see John... For the first time, as he walks on stage, for the first time, most of the time when several, we're on tour, that's the way it goes. Several days. Yep. No, yeah. The only time I see the band is when I'm on stage. Yeah, I, I, I have a, um, I had the opportunity to see a, a McCartney and Paul McCartney did this special live rehearsal. You get to watch him rehearse, and it was very clear when Mr. McCartney walked in that he hadn't seen the band for like two weeks. And he walks out; they're all telling jokes. And then he looks over, he looks over McCartney. There's about 300 people, and, and he looks out and he goes. Oh, hello. <laughs> like, he didn't know he was going to be there. Yeah. And there was a little kid dressed like the famous uh, McCartney suit in the Sgt. Pepper's cover. And McCartney <laughs> says to him, uh, he says, hold that kid up so I can see him. And he goes, he has no idea why he's wearing that suit, and it's probably going to be 20 years before he understands, and by then no one will know who I am. Oh, was, they'll know. It was so funny to see, though, that the, obviously the band, and, the, and you know, just like you guys, the band is amazing. But they hadn't seen the artist for quite some time, and it was going. Oh, hey, hi. How well, you, you know, I, I agree with McCartney because, uh, you know, this idea of legacy mm-hmm. is really sil- a silly idea, and I'll I'll make my point very easily. Just a few years before all of us were born, the country was jitterbugging to, uh, you know, Glenn Miller, and and it was as big as rock music ever was. The whole country, you know, you we see footage of it. Okay, we're all adults here. Name four big bands, and if you can, if you can really name four big bands, then hum one of their songs. You can't do it. You just can't do it, you know. So if if you think that your legacy is going to go on for a long time, you know, there's a few people that their legacy will go on, like maybe, I, I don't know, O.J. Simpson. <laughs> well, yeah, he won't, not, won't not be for forgotten. Good yeah. 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 But you know, his his, was his legacy hit? was outside of his sport. Uh, that we're not going to answer on the air. It's a joke. Uh. <laughs> um, or, or or Sinatra, two 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 similar people. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Make yourself at home, Frank. Hit somebody, hit somebody. as yeah. Tom Rickles famously said. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
but you know, very few people, and 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 I, you know, me doing what I do, and I'll talk to guys. Well, I'm praying for my legacy. It's like, what legacy are you talking about? <laughs> You're not particularly concerned which of your songs is going to be heard in a hundred years. None. I've already know. I know. I already know that. Oh, I don't think so. I think they'll be. Well, I, I, there I, might be if you come to my grave. Because I intend to like build a, a grave that just plays my music outside oh, to keep people away all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Winslow, Arizona statue that keeps uh-huh. playing you push, the Eagles uh, you push song. Push a little button and yeah. it'll play. Uh, yeah, it. I ain't even done with an either. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you play. But, no, this is just going to be on loop, you know. Oh, okay. it's, and so they walk up and say, like, "Oh shit, there's that music." <laughs> and people walk up and go, "I don't care what they did in the olden days." You know, who cares about that? I was thinking it's interesting because oh, I, I, I know you've said this. Other artists will say the same thing. They'll they'll work on a project for a couple of years, and they, they know this is going to be the hit, and it isn't. And the one they that was the throwaway that they did at the last minute or some random song happens to be the one that catches on. And as I said earlier, they're off, often certain artists will say, yeah, we, have, uh, we, we flew to Brazil, and we had no idea that we had a number one hit with this song. We hadn't played it live ever. So you well, kind of don't have any control over your legacy. Well, and not only that, you know, you're talking about, you know, decades ago. Uh, because, uh, you know, today it's like, you know, nobody really makes, re- you know, t- today's artists like Drake, they don't make records. They put out tracks, track after track after. And they don't, they don't make albums that are meant to be consumed like a book or a, a poetry or anything. It's just song after song after song. And that's, you know, with streaming, that's the way it's going to be. You know, Sergeant Pepper's, I think, kind of changed the whole idea of having an album. I mean, the Beatles were singles, and then all of a sudden Sergeant Pepper's came out, and what was it, 50 years ago? And people said, oh, wow, this is really worth listening to. Well, th- yeah, there's some truth to that, but, uh, you know, uh, there were guys that, that, that were making, like, you know, Guthrie was making records that were listened to. Odetta was making records that were listened to as whole pieces. Billie Holiday was making records. uh so there were people that were making albums that were meant to be listened to at all, you know, the whole thing. But today, you know, no. I wouldn't. What I, body of Gr- work? Green Day's American Idiot is probably the last one to that you've listened that. to like that. Well, that was sort of considered that oh. you, you consume it all at once. And yeah, and how many years ago was that? 15? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, that was fifteen or twenty years ago. Yeah. What body of work are you most proud of? What album? Uh, I can't remember her name. All right. <laughs> She was a body of work, already. Right. <laughs> body of work. Do you have a jo- smoke show? No, John, do you, do you have, have a record player at your house? Yes, I do. Vinyl? Yes, I do. And and uh, I, I I like I love vinyl. Uh, are they are they all sorted out so you can find them, or is it like the oh, old yeah, days no, with no, the no, box? No, 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 no. Very They're organized. Very, very organized. I can get to stuff real quickly. Uh, but on a convenient level, I listen to uh, CDs on a Bose system. Mm-hmm. Oh, because. So, you know, with those Bose systems, you can't mess around with the treble and, and the uh, bass. You can't screw it up. They've already got it set up for you. <laughs> and I always, ha- I always hated taking my records into record company executives because they all had their own big stereo that they had EQ'd for themselves. And you put your record on it and be like, it's like, what the hell do you got going on with your stereo, man? How about let's level these EQs that you don't know how to work out? How about that? Do you ever throw them on a cassette or a CD when you're making them and get in the car and see how they sound just so you can get away from it for a while. So well, it's, it's interesting. It's a funny story. Cassette players never ran at the same tempo. Close. But they never ran to A440. So you would 
it, it, it would screw up the artist terribly, screwed me up all the time. Because there wasn't CDs yet, and so you would go, and unless you wanted to take a reel-to-reel, which was kind of the same thing. But uh, the cassettes, you know, you'd record it, and you'd take it back, and you put it in your boombox in your, in your hotel room or put it in a car, and inevitably that played faster than what you took out of the studio. So then you'd take it back to the studio the next day, and you'd go, man, this song seems draggy. Mm. <laughs> Because you got used to listening to it overnight at, at this sped-up speed. And I can't tell you how many records we, you know, they have an oscillator on a board. You can speed stuff up. <laughs> and be, I'd walk in in the morning, and they'd just come and go, how fast you want to play it now? <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, I got so perturbed. I was making a record called Uh-Huh in Los Angeles. And it screwed me up so bad, the different cassettes, things that I was playing, that I left. I just said, I walked in one day and said, give me my tapes, I'm leaving. They go, you got to pay for your tapes. I said, I'm not paying for my tapes. The record company paid for give me my tapes, I'm leaving. So I left and I went to New York. because, But it wasn't the studio's fault, it was my fault because the cassettes I was listening to on in a car, at the guy's house I was staying at, and the ones I was bringing out of the studio. Jack and Diane was that way. I have a song called Jack and Diane. and Every time we'd go in the studio, it'd be like, why does this sound so slow? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we discovered that, you know, these things didn't run at the same speed. And it doesn't take, you know, just 1% or 2%, and you can notice, you know, the difference in, in the speed of the song. So I keep, you know, Jack and Diane was really a ballad. <laughs> but by the time we got done with it, pretty soon it's the chipmunks. Yeah, that's right. You gotta be careful. When, you, when you're on stage and you have to do... Um, Say these these new songs, for example, to get the tempo right, does uh, your drummer use a click track so that he, you get it right? He, I think he he has a, a visual thing that he he looks at, so he knows. And not like Aronoff. Aronoff was like one, two, three, four, and by the end of the song, we were like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. <laughs> I used to look at him during the show and give him like the mean face, and to be like. <laughs> 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 Slow down, because he'd get so excited, you know. Because he boom, boom, bop, boom, boom. I could feel it. It's just like, okay, now I could, you know, because when you're singing, you know, you're singing at a certain tempo, and then all of a sudden you feel yourself like rushing, and you can't find the. Because I always like to sing on the back side of the beat, because that's cool, you know. I always thought guys that sang on the back side of the beat were cool, so I learned how to sing on the back side of the beat. But with Kenny. There was no backside. <laughs> you couldn't find the backside because he was changing it all the time. And I still, to this day, I just played with Kenny down in Nashville. There were, uh, Willie Nelson had a thing for uh, Merle Haggard, and uh, a whole bunch of people did this uh, thing uh, a couple, three weeks ago. And Kenny was in the house band, and it was just me. Who did I play with? Uh, oh, me and Mike Ann. and Miriam. Yeah, Mike Miriam, it was and me. It was terrific. I saw it on CMT. It was amazing. White Line Fever. Yeah, we I, yeah we we played light line fever, <laughs> and Kenny was there, and and so uh, we asked him to play tambourine, and I walked out on stage, and I just looked at him, and I said, "Don't speed up, man. <laughs> we got this down, and if you screw this up by pl- getting in front of the beat, I'm going to kill you." He goes, "I don't do that anymore." <laughs> now, do, do you have a way when you, when you go out on stage? Um, uh, let me give this example. Sometimes if if I go to a movie and I'm in the wrong mood, I can't enjoy the movie. 
do you have a way to clear your head so if you're not in the right mood to do a live concert, you can go out and do it and be be good and feel good about it? Yeah, I'm heavily sedated. <laughs> heavily sedated. Usually. There's no ritual or no you don't no, 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 smoke no. three cigarettes and no, turn around no, no, three no, times. No, no, no. Uh, what, no you, have no, you ever he, gone on stage in a bad mood? Oh yeah. I, I, you walk on. I'm sure she can mm-hmm. testify oh, to yeah. this. That you walk on stage and, uh, like I said, you know, being on stage is why you're there. That's why people pay money to see you do it, and you realize that responsibility. I have a responsibility to put me at the dressing room. So when I leave the dressing room, it doesn't matter how I feel or what I – these people, are they're going to get the best show that I can possibly provide them, and that's my job. So, you know, if I can't suck it up and tough it out for, you know, two hours a night, what the, you know. Will the, ba- <laughs> will the band know if they're getting not happy, John? I. Do you guys know? Not on stage. That's After good. the show sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I've never called you in. Have I? Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> This seems like an unpleasant moment. <laughs> just me personally, I don't remember calling you in. Band. No, not just me. I've never been called in. I always just talk to Andy and Mike. If I have a problem, I call Andy and Mike in. I say, okay, here's what needs to happen, and those guys relate to the band. Have they ever said anything to you? Have they ever said, hey, John, that your guitar was <laughs> playing wasn't really up to speed tonight? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> just ask me. Once. Once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the late. Uh... No, no, no. <laughs> No, no, the the truth of the matter is is that uh, we were playing at the Spectrum in Philadelphia. That's how old this is, the Spectrum. They tore that place down like maybe 250 years ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we were playing the Spectrum in, in, in Philadelphia, and, and I'm, I hear this racket. I thought, what the hell? Who is making this noise? <laughs> and I looked over at Mike, and, and uh, Larry Kramer was in the band at the time. I looked over at Mike, and, and, my, and, and I looked over at Larry, and... And gave him that look, and they both just kind of went. <laughs> it was you, <laughs> John. <laughs> so ever since then, I'm very quiet on stage because <laughs> then I don't want to hear myself play. You know, because it's just like I, I, you know, I got other stuff to do. I'm singing. I'm trying to like, you know, remember the words. You know, so playing guitar and singing is, you know, it's I like mean, walking I, and chewing gum. It's hard to do, isn't it? Well, no, it's not like... I'm kidding. I, I, I'll, it was I'll, a I'll, 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 I'll for a second. Yeah, you're the one with the broken leg. You ought to know. <laughs> yeah. Want two of them? Yeah. <laughs> you're the one with the broken leg, you drunk. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, that's, that happens. Right, let, me ask you, let me ask you, can, I want to go back about 14 topics here. Do you remember the first record you ever bought? Uh, yeah, I do. Which was, was it a 45? Yeah. What was it? Chubby Checker and the Twist. Come on, baby, let's do that. You know, I, listen, I, I'm going to brag here. I won the twist contest in Seymour, Indiana, uh, uh, with a girl named Tracy Evans and, and in the window of the dime store. Wow. That's All impressive. Right. What'd you win? Do you remember the prize? Yeah, I got to make out with Tracy. Yeah! yeah. Tracy Evans. He said that. How about that? Yeah. How about um, that? I think we were like nine. Cool. <laughs> I think we were the youngest contestants, and people thought we were cute. That's why we were doing Do you remember the first album you bought? <clears throat> yeah, I think so, um, because I broke my arm coming home with it. I saved up, you know, the old man would not give me money for, for rock music, so I had to save up my own money, which was really stealing it off of 
stressor. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't feel it all at once. Yeah, of course, it's a process. It's a slow process. It's a process. Yeah, it's a process. Very much a process. Slow process. A quarter here. Yeah. Yeah. Dime there. I know that story. Hi, Richard. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I, I was riding my bicycle back, and I had a wreck on my bike and broke my arm. Oh. But the album was intact. And so, what was it? I think it was a Rolling Stones' first album. Never was much of a Beatles. Oh, well, there goes my story. <laughs> well, the, the Be- well, the problem with the Beatles was it's like you know I said it. I I was doing an introduction of I think it was the Lemon Spoonful or somebody at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. McCartney was sitting out there, and I go, Paul, I hate to tell you, but this guy was writing about Summer in the City, and you were talking about, him. I want to hold your hand. I mean, <laughs> <really>. <laughs> wow. Um, my first. Uh, Song and thanks for asking. Uh, oh I, God, no! I got yes. it right here. No! no. Yes. Oh, all right. No. You're gonna play this, huh? I, this, hey, look, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mellencamp is we all about truth. Why do you have to do this for him? This is the truth. Me. This is the first I remember buying. I bought this 45 at Woolworths on Van Aken Boulevard in Shaker Heights, Ohio. Could this you is be the, a little bit more exact, please. No, I just uh, the details make the truth uh, come out of this story. This is the song that I bought. Don't encourage him. The, it's now. Hang on a second. This okay. gets this gets weird. It was the band was the oh, Rivingtons. I thought it was the Trashmen. That's the they that's Surfing Bird. They stole that, which I think is a better, a f- superior song. But. Uh it's a uh, cultural uh, theft. <laughs> the, so there's a, a coda to this story. It was the band is the Rivingtons. I remember the flip side was called Deep Water, and I, I believe it was a gospel tune. I met some people last uh, summer at this event, and they they introduced me to their child. I had one of my babies with me. There are so many of them. And we were doing baby stories, and they said their their kid was named um, Rivington. And I said, well, then you must be familiar with the famous Rivington song. Uh, and you know what they thought when you said that? Why did I come out today? This is... Why don't I go home? John is once again regretting coming to our show. This is the other version. How had everybody said about the bed? That sounds like, sounds a, like a meth anthem. Oh, uh, I uh, just was going to say that. Hold on for a second. See, they were listening to cassettes. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Exactly. They were listening to cassettes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, we have solved the band. world's problems. <laughs> yeah. really dragging. But to, to ruin the story, then the first album I ever bought was Meet the Beatles. Yeah, you know, you know I had an older brother who bought that record, too. We kind of went. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Joe. <laughs> Enjoy no. your Beatles, Joe. Get used, uh, get used to the Beatles because this is the 50th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper's, and it's going to be everywhere because they've remixed it, and it's, it'll be all summer long. You'll be seeing. Now, do you really believe that? About, that what? That they remixed it? Yeah. Oh yeah. What's it's uh, what's his name's son? It's um. Help George me here. Harrison's son? No, no, no. Um. Listen, John George Lennon? George Martin's son oh. who redid he did that whole Vegas thing. What's his name? Here's the dirty, ugly secret. Uh oh. Uh, when CDs were first came out there was all this hype and the record you know rec- record companies lie <laughs> <laughs> is, is this the don't, fact that don't they, don't tell anybody but they charged more but it actually cost them less they lie anyway they would hype up you, you can hear real sound and blah and they would put these cds out of my records uh, and and i would go where are they getting the material to do this because i have the masters oh 
so, you know, where's the great quality? Because I have the master tape in my vault. Mm -hmm. What the hell are you guys using? So what they were using was like, you know, a safety, which is made like a second generation, and then telling the public that this is really great and, you know. Also, and there were actually cases in which they took a vinyl record and just... Put it on a thing. Put it on a thing. So, well, I think the most famous horrible CD uh, in the beginning... Mm-hmm. Uh, Live, the, 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 Spring, the Springsteen album... Uh, uh, born in the USA, I believe, was the one that they got. They tried to get it out quick, and it was really poor quality. Oh, I thought you were going to say Four Way Street. <laughs> now, that I can. You, I wonder if you, since so far every story that I've told you about you, you haven't remembered, which makes me look really good. We were in the other studio once, and I said to you, "I said to you, uh, hey John, you can never put out a live album." And you said three words. Four-way street. <laughs> Do you wow, remember what, that? Yeah, what a spirit killer that was, right? Yeah, that was not a good live album. It was terrible. And and I've told all those guys that. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. And, and they all, they're kind of, yeah, it could have been better. God, I, 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 I do love Neil, though. I think his parts were certainly the best. Well, you know, he, he, Neil is so prolific. And, you know, we I, we do Farm Aid every year. And every year, him and I, I... I always have to it's <laughs> we do this press conference and i as we're walking on stage it's me willie neil and dave matthews and i just look at neil and i go let me talk before you because once neil talks there's nothing else to say because he there's a filibuster where he covers every topic that farm aid's about <laughs> and says it better than i can say it more cleverly than I can say it, and more intensely than I'll say it. So it's like, let me talk first, and I'll get my junk out of the way, and then you can have the floor. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how those four guys can be in the same room together, let alone on stage. But, uh, Who's that? Cros- Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Oh, I thought you were talking about those four, and I was like, he's <laughs> hey, sitting right here. <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to throw me under the bus about the girlfriend thing from five minutes ago. Oh, whatever. Uh, John Mellencamp is our guest, in case you didn't figure that out. And... Um, do you guys want to play one more? Are you uh, what's, what? What works for you? Yeah, this I is your party. Do you know where? Do you know? What, do we know the date of the Indianapolis show? Anybody? There's, there's no there isn't one. Well, good. Um, so <laughs> we'll be uh, giving those tickets away. <laughs> well, that, um, they're the, in Ohio uh, and Illinois and Wisconsin and other places nearby. If Let you me just remove my foot from. Oh, you know, I, you know what? I might play. I might play. Life is short. Which of you guys are here? An old one or a new one? Old man. You mean life is hard? Life is short. Oh, I like life is hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> life is hard. From Mr. Happy Go Lucky, life is hard. Okay. What is that? Real quick before you play. I'll, I'll play an old one. You don't know. Okay, cool. Yeah. Take it, Jack. Elvis would have been there. <laughs> well, I was born in a small town. And live in a small town Probably die in a small town For the small communities No, my friends, it's a small town My parents live in the same small town My job is a small town Provides a little opportunity
Got to fear Jesus in a small town Used to daydream In that small town Another woman romantic That's me I seen it out In this small town Had myself a bow In this small town Married an L.A. doll And brought it to this small town That small town like me No, I cannot forget from where it is that I come from And I forget the people who love me I can be myself here in a small town People let me be just what I want to be against a big town Man, it's still hazy enough to say, look who's in the big town My bed is in a small town Oh, that's good enough for me I was born in a small town John Mellencamp on the guitar and the vocal and uh, the songwriting, and uh, Troy Kinnett doing double duty with the um, harmonic uh, holder gizmo this and, the, could, and the accordion. This kid could play anything. Yeah, well, this kid could play anything. We've known Troy since the days of uh, Todd 1001. Schaefer and 10.01. And on this show, every time it's 10.01, we used to always go, it's 10.01. Do you know where Todd, Todd Schaefer, Schaefer is? is? I almost did that. Time. Todd one day dropped by. We hadn't seen him in in many, many years. Um, What's 1001? It was uh, the band, the band that... Uh, was in in the 80s. It was a local band. Christy, um, yeah. Show. We'd introduce sure. them all the time. Troy, oh, I was... was that that band you guys wore high heels in? <laughs> short no, but short I could, skirts? You wore... Skirt. I can remember you wearing, like, shiny silk pants. It, I know. I had, to, I, I had to, like, you say, Troy, that's not going to make it in my band. <laughs> <laughs> Everything no, comes back around eventually, though. No, 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 no shiny <laughs> pants here, man. <laughs> I want to say real quick... Uh, how do you feel when people come up to you and say, this is my favorite song, whatever it may be? If I were to tell you what my favorite songs are, it probably wouldn't be the hits, actually. But do you? How, what's your response to that? Do you like to hear that? I, I, I just say thank you, you know, because, you know, it's about them. It's not about me. Does it surprise you sometimes when they say? No, not really. It is surprising me if they come up with some obscure song. But generally, people. Because I think they're trying to be nice. Yeah, yeah. They're trying they're, to be they're hey, just trying. You know, look, it's all about selfies. It's all about them. Hey, I saw, I saw uh, Paul McCartney. Right. And thank you. I saw, you know, uh, this person. So it's really all about them. And I, you know, I realize it's not really about me. I'm just, you know, the monkey on the string to talk about. 
you know. Have you ever said it to another artist? Never. I've never asked for an autograph. I just never. If, if you like a particular song, do you say to another artist, by the way, in your new record, I really like? Well, I will tell you a, a funny story. I, you know, Bob Seger called me up and asked me to come to his show, and so I, I go to his show, and he play Ramblin' Gamblin' Man, and I became a fan. I, the show was over. I go, went back to his dressing room. And said, you didn't play Ramblin' Gamblin' Man. He goes, Yeah, I don't play that song anymore. That's the only reason I can. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know, sing it for me now. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, yeah, let's, you know, so we both kind of went, I want to tell my tale. Come on. <laughs> yeah. With Glenn Fry on backup vocals. Yeah. When Glenn Fry. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's Glenn Fry. If you listen carefully, that is that is Glenn Fry. They were both from Detroit, and Glenn was in. Uh, well, I'll t- I, let me tell you something. I'll band. tell you a funny story. A really funny story. It happened at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm at a table with me, Jan Winter, the guy that owns Rolling Stone, Jagger, uh, Henley, and Yoko Ono, and some girl I didn't, some kid I didn't know, and some other asshole kid I didn't know who, <laughs> what uh-huh. band uh-huh. he was in. But they were inducting, uh, they were inducting uh, 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 Seeger. And this kid was like kind of drunk and kind of all over the place. And every time that Seeger spoke, this kid had some smart remark. Well, Henley and Seeger are big buddies. I mean, I know Bob and I like Bob, but, you know, we're not, we don't hang out together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Henley do, did. And so finally, <laughs> Henley started to fight with this guy. And I had to grab Henley like that and go, Don, you know you can't really whip anybody, right? <laughs> so if you keep if you keep fucking around here, I'm going to be in a fight trying to defend you. That's right. <laughs> because this kid is about six three and is going to whip your ass. And I understand you standing up for Bob and this guy's smart aleck comments, but you know you really can't whip anybody. This isn't the Eagles. You're not the boss. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of everything kind of went like that, yeah. and, and then finally, uh, Jan came to his senses and moved the kid away. But I think the kid was a friend of Yoko Ono's, one of her weird kids. Hmm. <laughs> wow, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think Fire Lake is the one that the Eagles are singing. I think mm-hmm. it's Glenn Fry and Don Henley in the background of the, of the song Fire Lake. Um, Against the wind, I think. Is that the one? Might, the, yeah, I think they, they sing, another a, they one sing or, in a few, yeah. on a few of the songs. Listen, there's nobody happier to be on stage than Bob Seger. He just loves He's it. great. You know, and he's got a big smile on his yeah. face. I worry about Don Henley not being happy enough with life. He's been in here. He's a he's a really good friend. He's, he he's the be, best friend of a friend of ours. Yeah, now, he is a curmudgeon. Yeah, he, he, you know, he is. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, they asked me to go on tour with him. Uh-oh. Oh. Don't tell me the name well, of the tour. No, no, it was going to be... A? It was going to be... <laughs> it was going to be a co-headline with me and Henley, right? Mm-hmm. And and it was just like, I, I don't think I want to do that. Because somehow, I don't know how that would work, I would end up working for Don. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just knew that yeah. some way or another, it was going to be mixed around between him and his manager. I was going to be like, you know... The guy who does, you know, I was going to be their employee somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I think I like Don very much, by the way. Oh, I do too. I I, I get along with Don, and we laugh, and we he's he's a total gentleman. And like I said, 
I saved him getting his ass kicked one night. <laughs> so I'm sure he hasn't forgot that. John Mellencamp's been our guest. John has a, a new album out there, and uh, it's great. 